0: It kind of feels like you got scooped or got Sherlocked or whatever. Or like you, you invented something important and you didn't mail it to yourself so that it wasn't like patentable. But basically, yeah, you you got... Backyard Pod got co-opted in record time. <laughs> and because of my mistake in thinking I, I did something that I didn't... Wait, no, but was Backyard Pod one week or two, year, two weeks ago? I
1: think that two. was... Yeah, at least a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. You know. Okay.
0: So yeah. So so it was out there as a concept, and yeah, you you got, yeah, you you got Sherlocked. I did. That's that's okay though.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm I'm back in the backyard this evening. So if if other if other podcasters want to uh copy me in doing that,
0: that's fine. Well, no, I think I think it's a royalty situation.
1: Although the thing that I have up on jason snell is that i don't think in his neck of the woods he's recording any podcasts at night outside whereas i can do that here so oh yeah take that jason (laughs) hyper 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 local joke Mm -hmm. that would that would require you to have a relatively good understanding of the various microclimates in the bay area and to know where jason snell lives a lot of a lot of weird niche knowledge required to uh understand that semi-funny joke
0: mm-hmm. more sirens in mill valley than normally on <laughs> <in> a weekday <laughs> but anyway <laughs> it was interesting yeah 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 uh, uh, luckily for you because you back when i lived uh in the east bay you were very very critical of the uh siren noise and also <laughs> the occasional train noise mm-hmm. um the new place not as much even for a busier area uh yeah not a, not a ton of um siren noise
1: yeah you know you sound yeah. you sound good although as, as we maybe were about to get into there's there's a number of different new things happening here so it's it's hard to isolate what part of you sounding good is the new place versus all of the other stuff that's happening right now
0: yeah so like with everything they always say if it's if it's not broke please fix it and get a different architecture of computer for your Mac and then have to redo everything. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is the first week that uh am sitting here in front of a studio display with a very, very bad webcam. Like comically bad. Like the reviews were not joking of how how bad it is. Um, And recording on a Mac studio with a 20-core processor that is a very speedy computer. Uh, but yeah, that did require us to... um adjust our like local audio recording setup that we have have had down for several years but you did most of the research to figure out how to make it work
1: i'm trying to remember our skype call recorder setup like have we We, been using that like since the very beginning or was there something else that we did
0: Initially. I think I think we we got our money's or we or you no well yeah we each paid for our own uh got our money's worth from that call recorder license because uh, I think we used that for a very long time
1: I, I, yeah I'm f- I'm pretty sure we had that exact same setup ever since we first started doing these back in twenty don't not don't, don't make me feel old eleven ish twenty twelve um a, but... de- a decade of excellence. <laughs> but yeah, you you switching over to Apple Silicon, which I guess we'll get more into here shortly. Although I've, you've had an Apple Silicon machine, but having an Apple Silicon machine that you also use to record this podcast um required us to make the jump over to a different solution because um call recorder doesn't work at all on Apple Silicon like not even in um what the heck's the Intel emulation layer called? Uh Rosetta 2. Rosetta 2, yeah. Like I think there's something about like I think it's something weird. Like the app actually runs in Rosetta 2, but the installer for some reason doesn't support Rosetta 2, so there's there's like no way to install it. <laughs> or something like that. But anyway. Um we had also, you know, we had been kind of looking for something different for a while because, you know, Skype, Skype gonna Skype. Um, and we, I mean, we never had any like major, major issues with it, but there were little things here and there that kind of made us consider, you know, changing our setup a bit. So we're, we're now doing basically what everybody these days does for podcast recording is we are using zoom because I don't, I don't have enough zoom in my life otherwise. And we're using audio hijack to do all the like local recording magic so that, you know, listeners can of course have the the highest audio quality possible
0: yeah it's nice to have another reason to use rogue amoeba software because my my favorite actually pull forward a chef special um they have an app that's extremely minimalist called piezo like have you've ever had a thing where you just want to record some audio that's going on on your mac it's, just, it's a little literal single button and it'll spit out an mp3 or an aac file that records it it's
1: great huh. yeah, um I don't, I don't there's there's nothing of rogue amoebas that that i would have ever used is there
0: well I mean, no because it's, it's it's literally all audio stuff yeah so but yeah um, um audio hijack
1: i mean i think I, mean, I can only speak for myself here but like part of the reason that i wasn't all that eager to make the switch was because my impression of audio hijack was that it was 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 really powerful, but sort of as a consequent was also had like a bit of a steep learning curve and would take some time to kind of initially get right. But I mean, I'm probably jinxing it and this podcast isn't going to record properly, but it, it does seem like it's working and it was actually really easy to set up.
0: Yeah. The curious part is that everybody this week apparently was trying to cancel uh, Rogue Amoeba for not wanting to bother with dealing with messy betas or something yeah I, 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 I
1: didn't i didn't I didn't quite get the
0: I outrage cares. over that I mean, but. like people need to stop running beta software unless you're actually a developer like it's just that i the public beta thing I think is is a little too much. It's supposed to be to make sure that everything works well like i I never understood where Apple went like full full in on getting the public to beta test their stuff yeah that, it, it is
1: kind of even though that's been around a fair number of years now It it is still kind of weird apple does that i agree um but but yeah um, I, um audio hijack initial impressions from the past uh let's call it hour of use or so um easier than expected to set up um like they have a bunch of sort of basically like pre-configured templates and you know that basically did like 90 percent of what i wanted it to do and doing the other 10% was actually pretty self-explanatory and it's very pretty. Much prettier than call recorder. Sorry, call recorder.
0: Yeah, but the problem is I keep looking in the at like the lower right of my screen where the call recorder thing always was <laughs> and then I keep I keep getting anxious that it's not recording.
1: I keep getting kind of just mesmerized by the audio hijack UI. So if I if I sound distracted, that's probably why.
0: Yeah, it is pretty. So uh, uh, inside baseball is not that fun for people who are not actively playing the game of baseball so we'll probably move on from this <laughs> but i mean that's that, that actually actually all of baseball being honest um the worry i have is that as somebody as somebody who um will frequently um eat while on the show i call recorder and Skype had a nice thing where if you hit mute on your side in Skype it would eliminate the audio from the call recorder file as well so i don't think there's, there's a way for me to eat without there's
1: <laughs> pro- there's probably a way to do that in audio hijack 2 would be my guess
0: but- yeah i think this is why professional people will have a thing called a cough button yeah which cuz like cuz i have you still have the the a usb interface microphone but i stupidly bought one of those like xlr (laughs) dealies which actually i mean it's great but i think that's the thing where that cough button sits in between the microphone cable and the usb audio interface thingy so we'll see so this will be a hungry episode because i have not finished dinner
1: (laughs) yeah speaking speaking of uh the original recording setup for us this this road podcaster microphone that i'm talking into is the the same same microphone i've been using for
0: gosh i guess 10 years now yeah your warranty just expired <laughs> <laughs> so remember mine mine broke after like eight months and then it was like oh yeah it comes with the 10-year warranty and mm. cool
1: so yeah, anyway, right. um if if this sounds any different, it's either because I'm outside, Carlos is in a new location, we are using completely different software to record the show, or some combination thereof.
0: Yeah. All right, let's dive into some stuff. I have not done a ton of work uh to prepare for this show this week cuz it's been a messy week. You've, you've had but, you've had a lot going on, which we'll get into. Eh, kind of not really though. Um Sonos voice control. Yeah, so I have a little oh, bit of a oh, little yeah, bit yeah. of follow-up. Yeah. So we you, mentioned have you used it more than once? I
1: have. Ooh. Um so as a reminder, this is the um Gus Fring in a can feature that Sonos came out with uh I think around the the first of this month or so. And you know, I I got the you know the notification in the Sonos app that was like, Hey, this thing is out now. Do you want to update your system for it? And I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but as you know, someone who's been pretty happy with the Amazon voice assistant integration, I didn't really see any need for it or see the problem that it was trying to solve. So I kind of just didn't really use it for the you know first couple of weeks. But I don't know what really prompted me to to give it a try. But I decided to a week or so ago, and it it, it is pretty good. Um, it, it's it's. Better than the Amazon integration in a couple of small but but nice ways. Um, it's it's quicker, both because it just overall seems to be a little more responsive, as I guess you would expect any kind of integration that's you know by the manufacturer instead of a third party would be. But also, there there's no there's no chit chat. Like the thing with the Amazon integration is when you request it to play something it basically like it says the name of the song and artist of what it's about to play whereas the Sonos thing just does a little beep and then it just it just starts playing the music so it's quicker which is nice and still kind of a small sample size seems to be a little more accurate than the Amazon voice assistant. I mean, the Amazon one's pretty good, but the the Sonos one's been like pretty much rock solid. So I, my, my overall opinion, I guess, is basically still the same, which is I'm not really sure what the the need or reason for this was, but but it it does work. It does work pretty well. And it's totally like interchangeable. Like you can have, you know, both both assistants turned on at the same time and switch back and forth between the two like the the, the thing about sonos that i've mentioned a handful of times which is that it's just it's very very flexible and this new voice assistant is uh
0: no different so to amazon's credit earth i think there is a way to turn on like brevity mode or something where it, it won't be quite as chatty In terms of speaking, like, saying, now playing Mm. You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift on Spotify. Like, I think you can curtail that. And actually, you know, because I remember doing that for um, all smart home stuff, where it would just give no response. It would just make kind of the little, like, happy echo chime saying, like, yeah, I did what you wanted. Um, So I think you can adjust that. But Mm. um, And do you know, for the Sonos voice control, is it, um, like, on-device, local or is it still going to the cloud and that kind of thing? Like, is that why it's faster?
2: Uh, I
1: am, I, uh, a quick little search in this Verge article, which will be in the notes, does say that Sonos is also emphasizing privacy with its new voice service. All commands are processed locally on your device with no data or transcripts ever sent to the cloud. So,
0: That's yeah. neat. Yeah. Um, and does it work with... Because Sonos... I've never actually used any of the Sonos like stuff like in terms of like it interfacing with spotify or apple music directly uh,
1: yeah well so actually so that so the again this first article which will be in the notes so good stuff very fast at executing commands agreed um bad stuff no spotify support which very strange i mean because the 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 apple music integration which is what i use works just exactly the same way that the Amazon integration does. And given that there is Spotify support in the Sonos app, I don't I don't I don't know. And I I, and I I presume that that works with the Amazon voice assistant using Sonos as well. Um well I guess I guess you could confirm that. That like that does work, right? Say again? Like you you can you can use the Amazon voice assistant with your Sonos speaker to play Spotify music, right? yes yeah so that works I, I don't that's that's strange that the sonos voice assistant doesn't work with spotify i wonder if that's some weird limitation with the fact that this is processing locally on the vi- device i don't
0: know i mean that's would part- that would that meet, mean that like it downloads an entire like local database of like the 25 million songs in apple music and, yeah and if so why would it, why would it not be able to do that with spotify
1: well, no, I, I, I guess I assume, oh, well, yeah, I don't, I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how that, how all that works then behind the scenes if nothing's ever sent to the cloud. Or I guess, and I then, guess what, I guess what that means is that like your voice data is not, but there must be some, there must be some kind of ping to Apple music after your voice has been processed so that it knows what to start playing. Oh, nah,
0: okay. Maybe it's it's just locally transcribing what you said into like just a text string, and then yeah. it matches on. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes that makes more. But sense.
1: yeah, we weird, weird limitation not having Spotify support. I wonder if if I also search this. Um... It's command death. <laughs> it currently doesn't support Spotify. If Spotify is already playing on your system, you can use basic voice commands to skip tracks, volume up, etc. Um, but you can't start
0: Spotify content with the service. Um, and is there, is there only one voice? Like, do you have to use the Giancarlo Esposito one?
1: Well, it's unclear to me why you would choose any other one if there was an option, but um, but no, I, I don't think there are any other options.
0: Well, it would be like if you could customize Siri to be like sound like Matthew McConaughey. Like it's kind, <laughs> like it's just too identifiable. Like I, I I like him as an actor, even like outside of the um, the Vince Gilligan stuff. But I just I would not be able to decouple those things.
1: Yeah, no, no that that's that's fair. Um, so yeah, anyway, not not clear like if or when the Spotify integration is coming. Um, so yeah, kind of kind of a weird limitation there. I actually buried the lead here though, uh, my favorite feature of this. I've, actually, maybe this is what prompted me to try it. Um, so the Amazon voice assistant came out with a neat feature. I think this has been out a while now where you can tell it to move your currently playing music from one speaker in the house to another. However, that only works if you're using Echo devices. So that has not been supported on third-party devices like Sonos speakers. However, the, the, um, the Sonos voice assistant, of course, does support that. So that I now have a way to transfer music playing on my Sonos system via uh, voice to a different um, speaker. And that's, that's super cool. Not sure how much I'll actually use it in practice, but it's
0: it's a neat little tech demo, at least. <laughs> uh I feel like that could be the summation of all smart home technology yeah, about twenty twenty two. Yeah, about
1: about eighty percent of the smart home tech in my house. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a party trick, and then the other twenty percent just doesn't work. <laughs> which which maybe I will... feel that
0: feels low. <laughs> actually, no.
1: <laughs> oh, um... it, eventually it works, but just after banging your head against the wall for hours and hours
0: does it though i feel like we'll, we'll we'll get to it but i forget what like i complained about multiple things this week but what what like what was the most broken that i was trying to set back up
1: the WeMos, right
0: oh fuck those okay, yeah we'll,
1: well, no, we'll, it. well it's it's on the list here
0: Ugh. all right um go back to the thing okay anyway neat i don't think i ever think i'll set this up because i've just for simplicity's sake and again this is probably just more of a single guy thing is I just airplay things from my phone or my iPad. Like, in terms of simplicity and telling it where to play, if you don't have to worry about who, who, who the source of the music is, I feel like that's simpler. I don't know. Like, the only thing I, I actually talk to my devices ever for is is turn off the lights and set a timer. I honestly don't ever talk to any of my smart home stuff.
1: I Yeah, it's, I'm trying to think of, like, sort of my my mix of airplay versus voice control on sonos and it's i don't know it's probably pretty 50 50 like i think mm. when when like when other people are over like that's all airplay of course because i don't want to be the guy who's yelling at at
0: mm. the smart speaker to i'm gonna to, be i'm gonna be honest you kind of it feels like you kind of want to be the guy uh, uh well i maybe going back but, to the party trick thing <laughs> not
1: in, not in that way mm-hmm. uh <laughs> but then when it's you know just the lady friend the new housemate and i here um we we use the voice assistant stuff a lot um which which by the way the new housemate is getting a alar- lot alarmingly close to being like she's she's kind of try because she very into music at the moment and very into like a handful of songs that she wants to just hear over and over again and she's she's dangerously close to to being able to do that herself which i don't know if there's any kind of like child lock feature of any of these voice assistants that's something i might have to look into like can i do i can i like set it so that i have to give the amazon voice assistant like a four-digit code or something to actually accept a
0: command you, she'll, and you feel she'll like, like she, doesn't out have, she doesn't have memory permanence where she can't remember. No, she
1: she has a, she has a, probably a better memory than me. So that's gonna right. yeah, that's also gonna be a problem.
0: Well, and, and she's and she's very used to having to deal with like short breaks because she has to think of things within she has to decide on things within sixty seconds, <laughs> right? Um. Uh. One thing, and this is this is a difficult parenting thing, but like apparently parents have had issues with kids who learn how voice assistants work, and that impacts their grasp of manners. I feel like it's gonna be a weird thing to have to grapple with mm. in the future. Because I'm a weirdo, where I actually say thank you to voice assistants. Like I will say set a timer, please, because I'm just a weirdo. So I don't know. I feel I feel like that that'd be a weird thing to have to teach a child of politeness with every every human and incivility civility with robots i don't know hmm.
1: i had not thought about that but i'm i'm glad that you've brought it up hmm yeah um okay so i i can Ooh. kind of i mean we can kind of i mean we're switching everything else up here so i i can kind of switch roles here too and and kind of you you normally drive the conversation here but i i can kind of i can I'm drive this next yeah. part sure um so, so we've alluded to this. You did lots and lots of changes in your life since we last talked. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's, that's a different topic that we probably won't get mm-hmm. to on, on the show here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you, you moved. That's, that's the, the big one. And I think like any good move, there's been a rethinking perhaps of some of your technology setup, but then also i think in your case there was sort of the coincidental timing of when the studio display and mac studio arrived so that's all kind of come together with for lots of um or to create lots of uh tech changes in your life Um, yes
0: so so a lot of things turned over at just the right amount of time and a lot of things kind of didn't so yeah so i when you moved apartments, did you guys go through like a big purge of being like, how how did we even still have this? Or by the nature of living in a one bedroom apartment, that would just kind of fix itself.
1: That kind of fixed itself, and and you know, like I mean, obviously the the technology was primarily coming from me. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, there wasn't like a, there wasn't a ton of turnover. There, I mean, there's been essentially a hundred percent. Turnover, out Well, actually, no, not one hundred percent. Like ninety percent turnover, with the ten percent being that the OLED has stayed the same. Um, But like (laughs) pretty much everything else has turned over in the the little over four years now that we've been in the house. Yeah, I don't think there's really well this this road podcaster microphone. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, everything else has kind of turned over.
0: Yeah, so I try I try to think long and hard about. One, just getting rid of everything. Like, I, I'm always like super envious of that, like, whole minimalist thing. And, like, the whole, like, the, what was the name of the lady who, I think it was like a year before oh, the pandemic? Marie Kondo. Oh, yeah. The, the, does this spark joy? Like, fuck that. Like, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not a pack rat at all. And I'm not super, but, but you can't, like, but then you're just constantly rebuying stuff that you, maybe, maybe that concept works for people who have, like 2000 square foot houses. But like as somebody who generally lives in like five to 700 square feet apartments, like that's kind of by the nature of not having a ton of space, you don't keep stuff around that you just don't have space for. I I don't know, but that, that doesn't work for me. But as I was packing, I did try to be ruthless about what I threw away. And I don't know, like the, the tech stuff that's relevant to the show that yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of crap. Like I, Yeah. I I I don't know. I I got rid of the TiVo, and the Apple TV 4K is fine. It's still not like an over the top TV solution, just because there's no Comcast one, and I don't want to pay for YouTube TV. But like that is fine. The LG OLED TV survived the move. I really really didn't think it would, just because I didn't have the original box. I got the thing from Home Depot that. Has like the corners that's supposed to uh, keep it secure, but because the way the screen, like the top half of it, is just like literally like a quarter of an inch thick or whatever, like that, that's very precarious to move across any distance. But like no, it's still fine. Um, it still looks and runs as well as it did four years ago. So I mean that that's perfect. But yeah, I don't know. Like it just dis- a lot of the stuff still holds up. But I but I am envious of people who are normal and can just like run their house with an Eero. Cause I didn't have internet for three days cause I didn't want to deal with setting up all my ubiquity crap. Like it's, it's just, it's just such a pain in the butt.
1: Yeah. It, it's not exactly what you're saying, but it, it's somewhat similar in that my recent troubles, like with my wifi setup have made me really realize that when I was younger, I actually used to enjoy, in- joy like the the process and the fiddliness of technology <laughs> like you know i like the thing that comes to mind right is like i remember as like a kid like tweaking like settings in like video card drivers to get like a couple of extra you know frames in flight simulator or something silly like that um or like a geek bench score or like whatever whereas like now i i kind of just like i just want stuff to work like I think I I think I said this on the show when we were talking about my Wi Fi stuff. Like the great thing with those Google Home Nest whatever Wi Fi things that I had is like I just never thought about them. Like they just they just they just worked, and I just never ever gave them any thought. Um, and that's kind of how like the Sonos setup is too now. I guess like now that that's all kind of just set up, like it just it just kind of works and it's just nice, you know. So I kind of I kind of I guess like. What made me think of that is, like, it's it's a different way of, I guess, looking at, like, or enjoying,
2: like, just, like, the simple part of technology. Yeah, that's...
0: The, the benefit of just, like, plugging something in and having it work and not having, like, a separate login or admin panel or a th- like... We'll we'll get to the Wemo stuff, but just like I I had I made some decisions a few years ago, hoping to like optimize the way my network performs more. But 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 I have like an SSID for a five gigahertz network that I have all the like my iOS devices and my Macs on, and that I don't want slowed down by like random cheap smart home two point four gigahertz things that are very low bandwidth. But it, you're, there's gonna be like thirty devices on it. But yeah, that that came and apparently. Just bit me in the butt when I was trying to reconfigure the Wemo devices that stopped working three months ago for God knows what reason. So, so it just took like way, way too long to deal with that.
1: So we, 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 should, we should actually just knock this off the list here. So when you were setting up your Wemos in your new place, were, were you trying to connect them to your 5 gigahertz network?
0: I didn't remember there was a difference. I have two networks, or I, I, have, I have three networks. I have uh, Adelaide, Mountain View, and Vancouver. Vancouver is the one for guests. Uh, Mountain View is the one for all. It's the five gigahertz network, and Adelaide is the one for the smart home and the low priority stuff. And I just didn't remember that that was a thing. Like I just had my iPhone. And I was just I I it was did not enter my mind at all. And I was just trying to set these up. And the thing is, the air, It wasn't until like the fifth attempt. Of trying to reconfigure these things after, because to reset a Wemo, you have to hold down the button as you're plugging it into the power outlet, and keep holding it for like 45 seconds. It, still, it starts blinking some alternating white and orange, and then eventually it said something about 2. Well, I forget. It's in Slack, but it, something about 2.4 gigahertz is the reason. Uh, where is it?
1: Yeah, I should. I I I feel bad because I. Cause it was, yeah, it was, it was the second, it was the second screenshot you sent that should have triggered me to mention that because I've run into this exact same issue before. And it's actually, it's been more complicated for me in the past. I'm sure I've mentioned this before too. Like with those, the the one really negative thing about those Google home nest router things was that there was no way to disable either the five or 2.4 gigahertz radio individually. So if you had a device like a Wemo that required connecting to a 2.4 gigahertz radio, some of that stuff would just work. But a lot of that other stuff, like my, my iHome outdoor plugs are a good example of this, where the only way to get those to connect would be to like get an extension cord and walk over to like the corner of my backyard where i'd be out of range of the five gigahertz signal but in range of the 2.4 gigahertz signal and and that would then allow it to connect um and now now what a lot of the the mesh router companies are doing including like eero and my tp link setup is that they those do allow you to turn off the five gigahertz radio temporarily. Basically, for this purpose, to like set up smart home stuff that could only connect to two point four gigahertz. So, partially my bad. I should I should have flagged that to you.
0: Oh no it, it it's 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 fine because like it just the errors were so cryptic because because the problem like the reason that this stopped working like it actually probably would have been okay if there was this thing like three months ago where I forget why or what I was trying to troubleshoot, but I accidentally de- like deleted my entire Ubiquity setup. And then I found a backup to restore from, and everything was fine, except I was no longer able to st- start my Espresso machine from bed. And I just never had the time or patience to deal with and try to figure out why it was not working. But then when I tried setting it up again, it's like, because uh, the thing is, when you go into the WeMo app, which is where I thought you would set them up, I did it, and I had done the reset, but then it doesn't actually... Do the like the pairing or like the bonding through the Wemo app? Like the Wemo app is open, but you get this iOS overlay on top of it, and it's actually the Home app that's doing it because the only way to pair it is to use the um, to like take a picture of the home kit code on the mm-hmm. side of it, mm-hmm. and then it was throwing up this error saying accessory already added. Well, I'm like oh, it hasn't fucking worked in three months, so obviously it's not. And then I went to the Home app, and then I deleted it. The those of smart plugs from it manually, and then I went back to the WeMo app and tried it again, and it said they're still already added. So then I restarted my phone at your recommendation. Don't think that made a difference, but then I did get a different error eventually that said, "Connect to a 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi network and try again," and then did that or and tried it a few more times, and then it kept getting stuck because like the thing is like the smart plugs start broadcasting their own Wi-Fi network temporarily. Which is I, I guess how they get the information about your real Wi-Fi network, but it was getting stuck where it just would my oh, iPhone yeah. would stay connected to belkinwemo42 yep. b whatever eight or whatever. Like it's it was just dumb. And I don't it was a lot of effort to try to get coffee in the morning. I mean, it's it's just it's it's so bad. And wh what, what was the thing during WWC where Apple's like Smart, smart home stuff is still in its early days. Like they, they, The person presenting had a really uh, like knowing and annoying way of, of phrasing the fact that smart home stuff still stuck, sucks after 10 years, even though Apple, it's not like they've been sitting on the sidelines, they keep pretending they've solved it and they never do. I, I don't know, but I forget what the, the sentence they I, said was, I, but it was very frustrating.
1: I, I, I can tell you because I, I, <laughs> I made note of this uh, when watching the WWDC presentation. It was smart home is still in its early days. Which is in 2022. Just just a nice way of saying that smart home stuff is bad, which it is. Um. So so with the with the Wemos, once you started pointing them, or I guess I guess the way you had to do this, right, is you had to connect your iPhone to your 2.4 gigahertz network because right, because then the Wemos, when you connect to them, just basically look to see what Wi Fi can network you were like previously connected to on your iPhone, and then grabs those credentials Mm -hmm. so once you did that did it work pretty seamlessly
0: um each one was able to be set up within two attempts which i feel like that's like that's a grand slam for us for smart that's
1: that so i i feel like this is what i go through every year when um setting up my WeMos for like all the holiday lights and stuff is that it's it's almost always and actually the the iHome outdoor plugs are this way too it's like it almost always fails the first time, but then works the second time. <laughs> um, that's I, batting
0: five hundred, good, good, good job, everybody. I actually,
1: we'll we'll come back to this
0: in in
1: about five months or so. But I, I'm trying something new with my Wemo plugs. Where normally after the holidays, there's been this ceremonial like removing of them from the home app and and basically just kind of resetting them to their factory state. But this year, instead, what I did was just left them and moved all of the plugs, like, temporarily into a room in the home app that I think I creatively called, like, inactive holiday lights or something. And so what I'm hoping is that come, you know, November when I'm setting these things up again or around Halloween or whatever, um, that I'm able to just (laughs) plug them in and have them work, which now that I'm thinking about it and having... You know, changed over all my Wi-Fi gear and stuff is almost certainly not going to work, but but we'll see.
0: I appreciate that you're basically you're basically <laughs> the human equivalent of Costco. So you're you're saying that uh, the holidays start at Halloween?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, or or they start they start now basically.
0: Oh, if if only if 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 only not, if it were not the only oh, the only bad part, the only good silver lining of the fucked up supply chain is that that I hope. It causes like a little bit of delay in Christmas creep.
1: No, like, pro- probably not. It'll still like, isn't it? It's what like it's like the day after Labor Day is when all of a sudden it's just all the all the holiday stuff comes out. Usually,
0: I don't know. Like I, I because it's worse at Costco, and I haven't had a Costco membership, in I think at like eight years. I don't know. Yeah,
1: Co- Costco and Home Depot are both pretty.
0: Pretty well. Home, quit, quit home Depot it. has 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 sucked all the fun out of the holidays because every because it's it, it, it uh, home, uh, the holidays have become very Americanized at Home Depot. Does that make any sense?
2: Mm,
1: I don't think I could totally <laughs> follow. No,
0: in terms of being bad and low effort, like uh, <laughs> all holiday, and I and I feel like that's what America stands for. Like it's it's the thing where like it it the. W- Two things about the holidays I hate is that or two, holiday decorations. Have you seen those things where it's it's basically like a steak you put in your lawn, and it's just like this thing that with a bunch of lasers that just like tries to project Christmas lights on your garage door? <laughs> I've, Have you seen I, these.
1: I, I've I've seen those. Yep.
0: I hate them. Like they're the lowest <laughs> ever. Like it is the Dunkin' Donuts of Christmas lights. Like and it it how, barely counts as food.
1: How? Oh well, okay. The Dunkin' Donuts food I'm not going to defend, but and coffee. Now, how, how? How dare you?
0: you and matt damon wait no who, who's the no no matt damon's the crypto shill uh ben affleck is the one isn't, who's he's from boston or it, boston isn't yeah isn't every
1: actor of crypto sh- sh- oh there a was shill? a yeah
0: uh Morning Show season two was a very bad show for a lot of reasons, but also I did not know. And the, the Wall Street Journal podcast had a good thing about this. I did not know that Reese Witherspoon is basically like a Gwyneth Paltrow. Like she's she's like she went super hard on the NFT bandwagon, and that's mm. that feels really sketchy. Like I I don't know what Matt Damon and? is famous for, but I feel like hopefully he gets taken down. Like and and, and also. Totally
1: unnecessary. I mean, Reese yeah, Witherspoon he, and Matt Damon are both wildly successful. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> like the like I, I, cryptocurrencies are mostly a scam, and they're not actually solving any real problems. um I don't think that's talking out of turn, and I don't like that anybody who put their money in a thing has lost money. Well, I mean, most most of the time, but the one upside of the crypto crash is that hopefully the Staples Center thing will somehow fall through or they won't be able to meet their obligations and L.A. will have a sports arena that doesn't have a stupid name. <laughs> like, that's the only upside. Like, because I, I I, feel... Do you have a, a relationship or a, an affinity for... Like, who are the L.A. Lakers announcers?
1: Uh, do you know? Stu, Lance, and... Oh, gosh, I forget the the main guy's name now. Um...
0: But like, you you probably feel bad for them of having to say like, welcome back to the crypto.com arena. (laughs) Like, Staples Center had like a ring to it. Like, nobody dislikes Staples except like Michael Scott. Like, you, it's just, crypto, that's so dumb. And like, but like a, a place like the Staples Center or like whoever owns that thing, like, you still have to entertain offers from the highest bidder. So just because the dumbest corporation happened to be the one with the most money to spend... I don't know, but it, that that's that's the only upside of the crypto crash. Sorry.
1: B- Bill McDonald. That's 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 the play-by-play guy for the yeah. Lakers on TV.
0: Do they work for Spectrum Cable? Ooh. Spectrum
1: SportsNet, that's
0: right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, anyway, so uh the WeMo switches are bad, but that all worked. Um yeah, I don't, I've been trying to rethink a lot of the tech stuff and get rid of as much as I can. Um I do really appreciate not having the Tivo anymore. Like that's everything that could I would ever want to watch it just runs on the Apple TV, but so um,
1: so I guess so to put a pin in that. So are you you're just internet only through Cabletown at the moment and have no traditional TV service? Is that your setup?
0: Correct. I may have, uh, signed up for a free trial of something during the NBA finals. Um, but other than that, no, like until Comcast gets on, on the ball and this makes, a an Xfinity stream app, like I don't, I'm not spending $70 to occasionally be able to watch CNBC. Like that's not worth it.
2: Yeah.
1: I and mean, no- I, I was going to say, especially during the summer, it feels like you can kind of just not have TV. I mean, I, unless you're like into super into baseball or something, but um <laughs> there's really big into soccer
0: though? <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't know, like yeah. So I have, I have no no TV subscription right now. Like I hope that eventually changes, but it it's just it is, it is what it is. When is Better Call Saul coming back? It's soon, right?
1: It's like uh, July 11th, I think. Yeah, oh, soon.
2: Can't can't wait. Um, um but oh, no,
1: go ahead. Oh, no, no, it's, it's your show.
0: Well, I well, forgot where I was going with this. Oh, yeah, so, like, some things I've tossed out, like, I got rid of the... Because Amazon kept making it worse, like, I, I've, I've spoken about this multiple times, but I have uh, a few Echoes. I have two of the Echo spots, which were the, cir- the ones with the circular screen that they have since discontinued. But because they're discontinued, they, uh, Amazon hasn't bothered to put ads on them. And I used to have an Echo show, 8-inch, uh, on my, like, Mac desk. And they just kept shoehorning more and more ads and constantly putting on, like, new new features, quote-unquote, that you had to disable. Mm-hmm. They would just be other ways to serve you ads. So I have gotten rid of that. So I now am a two Echo household. And again, like, smart home stuff, like, I I use them to set timers while cooking and to turn off the lights. That's that's pretty much it. Oh, that's the other thing. I need to, I have to, one, I have to, like, sell and get rid of like a bunch of my hue lights because i have like six or eight of these br30 like bulb thingies and i don't have in-ceiling lights anymore so i don't know what i'm supposed to do with those so i've got to find a way to go sell those in a batch on ebay or whatever and have them not break and in, in, in transit shipping. <laughs> but like i i don't know like i have to re all that kind of stuff um yeah what else do i have yeah i think that was mostly like the 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 Tech stuff was mostly fine. It was just that confluence of my Mac studio arrived a week and a half before I was able to purchase a studio display. And for a while, I was using it connected through HDMI to my 55-inch OLED TV, which was probably not great from a burn-in perspective, but I wanted to set it up. And then I did happen to find a local Bay Area Apple store that had the studio display in stock. and. Uh, so I drove over to Emeryville to get it and I'm pretty underwhelmed with this monitor, not even talking about the webcam. I don't know. Like I, I don't have a color calibrator anymore, but I, I don't know. Like the colors are different than my iMac. Mm. And I don't know if that means that this one's more accurate or the iMac wasn't, but basically they really want you to have true tone on. And if I don't have true tone on, the screen is very is a very very cold color temperature, and then they have under the settings menu different reference calibration modes allegedly, and the one that's uh, designated like P3 color gamut for photography is actually pretty good, but the problem is it only lets it run like you when you turn on one of those reference modes, you lose the ability to control the brightness of the monitor. Like, it's just completely grayed out. Uh So then you have to go and create manual profiles under the fine tune calibration setting. And then every time you want, like, a different (laughs) luminance setting, you have to... Like, it's it's so silly, but I don't Mm. have any other options. So I'm feeling like I just have to... Like, my return policy on it ends in two days, but I feel like I just have to stick with it until... The Studio Display Pro or whatever allegedly comes out in the fall. I have no idea, but
1: yeah, I think I think that that thing will hold its resale value pretty well, and that won't be a problem.
0: Yeah, on that, like I kind of feel happy that the one with the tilt or with with the height adjustable stand was not available because that feels like that would just be wasted money because I'm already very very indifferent to this crappy monitor. But yeah, the one upside I will say is that it has four USB-C ports on the back and. I don't actually have to have a laptop charger anymore. I can just use the USB C to MagSafe cable, and it'll charge at a full like ninety watts. So that's that's kind of neat.
1: That's nice. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it, it's interesting about the the color on that display. I do wonder if True Tone's playing a big part of that, like you said, because your your iMac didn't have True Tone, did
0: it? It did, but it was also off for that one.
2: Mm, okay.
0: Hmm. yeah the one uh, silver lining uh i will say is that the speakers on this thing are fucking they're they're very good like the sound quality out of this out of this monitor is is fantastic huh. but yeah c- color at least something to be designed and this webcam sucks it <laughs> it's so bad it, it it it's it's really bad let me yeah, tell what, you about what,
1: continuity camera carlos
0: ugh no but then i because then i have to go buy another uh, another iphone because who doesn't fuss around with their phone when on a (laughs) a meeting so every time i want to go check instagram i have to go be like actually let me turn off my video for a second i'm having some latency issues that's not how this works (laughs) so i have to go buy a used iphone 11 pro or whatever like that's that that doesn't seem sustainable either so so how so with the
1: studio display how how is the stock stand is it is it an okay height or do you have it like propped up on something say again the the stand that's on your studio display like is it isn't an okay height or do you have to like prop it up on a set of books or something
0: no and i've never actually had that issue like i'm I'm not a terribly tall person five nine five ten on a good day like my like my my the regular height with my desk is is fine like i, I feel like i stacked it on books once when i had my iMac but i actually don't think that was actually doing anything so no I just think like the stand looks better on the one that has the the tilt and height adjustment. Got it. Um.
2: So, um, so yeah, and so in studio display, and then
1: well, you you mentioned you, the Mac Studio. I mean, is is there anything other to say than it's super fast? Because you got the you got the huh, no pun intended, like the ultra fancy
0: one, right? Yeah, uh, I, I've I just I like the part where like people are like oh like it's got headroom for days and and what could you possibly use twenty cores for? Uh, Lightroom knows <laughs> because <laughs> because it's a nice thing where like again things that are easily parallelizable are very very um, well suited for this type of thing. And yeah, I don't know, like it's it's nice to have a, a speedy computer. And also, the one thing I guess I didn't appreciate enough is that. Or maybe that I should have uh, hated more about the Intel-based iMac is that the fan noise whenever you would start doing something that was like that, like if you were building one-to-one previews in Lightroom or doing or like a video on code, is that the iMac was very very loud, even if you're stressing all 20 cores for an extended period of time. Yeah, the Mac Studio doesn't make a peep. It's it's very quiet. Doesn't get super hot. It's great. And it's it, uh, mounted under your desk, is that right? Yeah. It's it's kind of an ugly computer. <laughs> so uh yeah, it, it is underneath my desk. I found um some twenty-five dollar shelf from Amazon. Um and yeah, it's it it's fine. Um, Stephen um Hackett had um studio under desk. He had found somebody who three D printed a. Um, trying to find the link.
1: Um, so what? What is yours designed for? Is it designed for a Mac Studio, or is it just for something else and just works for a Mac
0: Studio? A designed for something else. I think it's like designed for like those like HP Thin Clients. So like those computers are not, are not real computers. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I don't know if this is the exact one, but I'll send you a link. It's so, like this this one's prettier, but I'm assuming if I wait a few months, like people will make stuff that's made for it and is not actually 3D printed and I'll just get one of those instead.
1: You'll yeah, you'll get the the studio need or you would the, the high-end Apple accessory makers. some somebody will come out with one.
0: Yeah. But yeah, Max Studio three thumbs up. The studio display, like, it just feels like such a missed opportunity. Like, why? And also, just because I'm getting basically the same monitor I already had with weirder and maybe worse color reproduction on it, and had <laughs> to pay $1,600 for the privilege, uh, it, it's it's kind of irritating. But yeah, yeah, it just I seems know, the,
1: seems like the bare the bare minimum.
0: Yeah. But no uh so Mac stuff is uh really really solid um what there was a a couple other well i i i had a i
1: had one to ask you about oh sure, what's well, that which was so I, as part of this move um leaving your old place involved having to uninstall your august smart lock. Which you, mm-hmm. you you mentioned in the thing, but I I never heard the conclusion of of how that went.
0: Oh, I, I'm 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 a resourceful adult. I figured it out. <laughs> but like the the thing that was annoying is so if you t- if you just go to Google August Smart Lock Pro, on install, um, everything. The first article, one I hate this guy. I don't I don't know what this is. So I'll send you a link the very first Google result for this is just somebody who like did like a snarky post that apparently he just didn't like the August thing. And it's not, these aren't instructions. It just says step four, declare failure. Like it doesn't explain how to uninstall the lock. It's just some, some Jack, like it was very annoying. And uh, August's website does not tell you how to put your old deadbolt on. And like it's just like that's the whole point of the August lock is that it it works with the existing lock and key that you already have. And the fact that there's no support or um a tutorial on how to undo it or put your old one back on is very annoying. But like I I I eventually figured it out. So
1: And have you Dumb. installed it in your new place, or are you just gonna go smart lockless for a while?
0: So that's the other part. Is it because of a being in a city environment for like it, it, there's like um like the, the the like building access thing like requires that you carry like a an electronic key thing anyway so there would just be so little benefit to having a smart lock just for your apartment that i just don't
1: so wait so did, does your door have some kind of fancy
0: well like to, to walk to walk into the like the condo building from like the street or from the garage, you need to have like a little thingy to operate like the elevators or whatever.
1: But your, but your actual door still is just a regular dip bowl.
0: Oh yeah. But then, but like just the, having that operate on your phone, like that's just not saving me anything. Right. Yeah. Like it, it, it eliminates, that is the one thing that I really, really liked is you can go out for a walk or a run, just not have to carry your keys with you. And just, it works. But that, that, that would not work for me. unfortunately, got it. Uh, But yeah, I got to figure out all this hue stuff. I have to buy a bunch of new furniture. I need to buy a new couch because uh, four years in the sun has uh, caused the fabric on the back of my couch to wear unevenly. So (laughs) that's a lot of stuff you don't realize until you've um, moved out of a place. Right. And then the one other thing I was going to ask you is that because this is on the table, um, smart blinds. Have you explored this has this been a thing that has not been a priority issue where you've gotten cfo clearance or do you just have no thoughts on smart slash motorized blinds so i
1: really like the idea of of smart blinds they actually seem like something that would be legitimately really useful uh however that that those have always been an, an instant veto um by the the household cfo from a
0: cost perspective or like an up, like a benefit and usability perspective?
1: From an aesthetic perspective, because hmm. she, she has some, some very particular and, and, and nice tastes around like window treatments. And the, the smart blind stuff has gotten, has gotten hmm. better, but still just doesn't give you, you know, nearly the options that you get from just traditional window treatments. So, um, so yeah, no, those have, those have always been a, um, kind of a, a full stop no um so yeah no 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 smart blinds uh in this household
0: gotcha because yeah so lutron the company that makes those caseta switches that everybody absolutely loves apparently according to the wire cutter and a few other things does make some that are quite well reviewed and nice but kind of costly um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm still debating this because my my new apartment gets um. A lot of light so depending on the time of day it can sometimes get a little bit toasty um so yeah still still debating that yeah the 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 problem which is what
1: you've already probably identified yourself is that a lot of it's probably going to depend on like how long you intend to be in this place because it seems like i mean is this stuff like custom fit to your windows or like it is yeah so like this isn't something that you're you would really be able to take with you right
0: yeah, like and I, it, I, I wouldn't mind. Well, that I, I, sounds weird to say, but like, I've just if I had to throw like that, the convenience for that type of thing for a year to me for a year or two would like for a thousand dollars, like that's fine. But you are right, where it does, it like it is absolutely not repurposable to the next place I live. So it it yeah. is um, risky. But since I ended up going for like a cheaper place than what I was originally looking at, kind of feels like you can justify it. But I, I don't know, but. Still, still up in the air.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I'd be interested to see what you do. Um, I, actually think the um, IKEA smart blinds have also been pretty well reviewed.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. Might, but might but be what are looking they, into. Wire cutter smart blind. Like they, they had made uh, IKEA. Like I think it was just they feel cheap. Oh, they don't come in like perfect. Um big measurements Mm. they only like they come in like fixed sizes and like the like roller thing kind of protrudes from the window it's not flush but they're also much cheaper no i don't know yeah anyway that's pretty much it there'll be lots of other stuff to figure out um there was one other thing oh yeah uh my new place actually has uh one of those you know those um uh like smart faucets oh do you know what i mean when i say that
1: like like the ones that have the voice assistants in them or the ones that oh
0: god they they've they put voice assistants in them oh, oh
1: you oh you better wait, believe does, they do
0: does, does, wait does kim wexler run a run a faucet
1: no 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 it's, it's like the the amazon voice assistant there's one of them where you can program it to say like hey voice assistant tell the sink to fill up like a certain Jesus. pot or something and it'll dispense like a sink. yeah no, it's, yeah <laughs> um uh but oh so no you're talking about the, like, the ones where you just you just like tap the the faucet and water comes out
0: mostly so this one it's it's like i i initially really wanted to hate it like i was like this is so dumb but it's kind of the best thing it's it's like pretend you're Pretend you're in an airport bathroom. That sounds weird. But the thing is, like, we're like a, a public bathrooms uh will have like the whole motion activated thing, but except this is actually good. Where it's like frequently when you're cooking, like your hands are dirty or have like b- food, like, just like, I don't know, like you're preparing chicken and like you don't want to like have potential like bacteria and stuff. Like, yeah, you just gently like wave your hand near the base of the sink and it just goes and it's very, very, very responsive. And I don't know, I initially wanted to think that like this is this is super dumb and silly. And no, it's actually kind of the best, so. Huh. Nice. But the whole, but yeah, I did not know that they made ones that you could speak to, and that sounds like literally, that like, that's on the level, I'm not trying to be gross, but like, if you could ask, like, tell, like, Alexa to, like, operate a toilet. Like, that's just like, it's not, how would that possibly be saving anybody any effort or time? Like, it does it like, is it that it's measuring how much it takes to fill up a pot of, pasta water like that that makes no sense yeah,
1: i mean I, th- I think you can tell it to like dispense like certain amounts of water too but no i mean yeah you're but... totally right with like especially with the amazon stuff where like everything goes through the cloud like nothing's processed locally it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like that would save you any time
0: like imagine not being able to get like water while you're choking because home kit doesn't work like this is
2: <laughs> yeah
0: anyway all right, there'll be much more uh once I get everything settled, but um I think that's it for now. Is your um, oh,
1: I guess maybe last question is is your is your TV mounted or what's going on with the OLED?
0: No, not mounted. Um just cuz like with the living room configuration it actually makes more sense to just have like a traditional um mm. like uh what's it what's it called? Uh, a console? What's right. the mm-hmm. Yeah, console table. Yeah, yeah. So we'll 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 see how that goes. Kinda. So did, you, did did you
1: buy like a third party stand, or did you still have the original one that came with it?
0: Nope, I kept the original. Hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I so bought I a, to, uh... I, I bought a third party stand for mine because we we had ours wall mounted in, in being in the apartment, but then kind of same situation here. Like it made sense to have it on a console table here in the house, and so. um I guess maybe for a while I had it on the original stand, but it now now it's on a third party stand, which is like height adjustable, which is nice.
0: That's neat, yeah. And they charge four hundred dollars for the privilege, too.
1: Oh no, it's some some third party thing from Amazon. That was oh, not not it. expensive at all.
2: Yeah,
0: but yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm uh, thinking of uh, trying to hit up that. Um, it's been a few years, but that Pottery Barn uh outlet and alameda i wonder if it's any good still uh, this is one of those things it's, where it's probably it's probably like so many people know about it where basically they jack up the price where oh everything's 40 percent off but it's basically like 10 percent below what it would cost to buy stuff new
1: i think i don't think that's so much an issue i think the prices are still really good but it's just the selection is such a crapshoot it really just yeah kind of just you go you go one weekend and there's stuff that'd be what you'd want you go another weekend and there's just kind of nothing
0: so do you remember? The, there's a, a furniture startup called Article. Do you know about them? No. Is this it's supposed to be like, like custom furniture. like Cas- No, it's it's like Casper for couches. I don't know. Mm. But I, I don't. I'm I'm trying. I don't know. In this economy, like I just uh, trying to figure out what what does I need, I need a new couch, but I don't feel like spending two thousand dollars on a couch. but, no, uh, but, but it, again, but if you but
1: if you order it now, you'll have it by probably March of 2023
0: i mean their stuff says it ships that it would be here within a week so i don't know Hmm. yeah anyway um other bits real quick because of our new recording setup i have no idea how long we've been going for oh now four (laughs) minutes all right it's fine um apple is making moves for sports rights. This has been aw- rumored for a long time. They've been one of the leading bidders for NFL Sunday Ticket, and I believe you had suggested offline online in the chat that um it's mostly a done deal. It just hasn't been announced yet. But this week they announced that they have acquired or that they they are the um uh like full streaming sponsor or, or provider for Major League Soccer for the next decade. Um, and it's going to be a deal valued at two and a half billion dollars, I believe. Do those facts check out?
1: Yeah. Um, and it, so, what's with Something I learned through all of this is sort of the idea of of national rights versus local rights around sports. And and the the unique thing that Major League Soccer did was they actually had a like, I guess, agreement with all the teams that their local TV rights had to end basically by this year so that then Major League Soccer could take ownership of both national and local rights and package them together to then sell to somebody and that somebody became Apple in this case. So what's really unique about this deal is that it, it's, it's everything like it's not it's not just like um you know ESPN or something showing you know the Wednesday and Friday night NBA games like it it's it's literally everything including your including your local team um which I I think this is like the the first time that's really ever been done so it it's it's really interesting
0: so but it feels like that's kind of the only th- like Something they only would have been able to swing with Major League Soccer.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like. Well, I mean, actually, I mean, really, this and the Friday night baseball stuff, like that, that those two things c- packaged together really feel like Apple just kind of experimenting a little bit before, well, because cause what's what's going to happen here now is. I think like the NBA rights are like the next major sports rights to come up and that's happening, I think in like 2025 or 2026. And then, you know, over the few years past that, all the major sports are going to be coming up for another set of renewals. And those are going to be the first set of renewals kind of fully post this transition to like streaming and with like Amazon and Apple and others are getting into it. So it does really feel like all of this is sort of like not an experiment. It's more than that, but it's sort of it's, it's round one of what Apple wants to do with live sports.
0: Yes. But like, because like every, every part of this deal seems like it makes the absolute most sense of how it should be done. But I, but I guess my point is that it only would ever work with a league of this size, because if you look at it, so it's, so it's two and a half billion dollars over the course of 10 years. Whereas doing some quick Googling, the average annual cost or, or revenue that the NBA brings in from media rights through like Turner and ESPN is $2.7 billion a year. So if, if Apple wanted to do this with the NBA or a sport that people watch, like it would be 10 to 20 times more expensive.
1: But I mean, but, but they could they could do that. My, well, why, they could, why, could but, why couldn't they
0: but why would they like it just well i think there
1: there's there's a there's a question too around like whether any of the leagues would want that because I do think part of what all of the major sports here in the u s like is they they have t v packages that are distributed across multiple broadcasters, so like with it's actually now it's this it's basically the same now with both the NBA and the NHL, where they're partnered with, you know, both Disney and uh Warner. And so you you get, you know, you get games broadcast across a variety of different channels and, and platforms. And then of course, you know, the NFL is is across all the major networks and Disney as well here. So I think there's probably part of that setup that they like, whereas selling everything to a single provider, yeah, I think maybe they'd be a little more hesitant about that.
0: Yeah, because even if you don't subscribe to every possible service or you don't have cable, like you still... Like the NBA Finals were on... Like they're branded and produced by ESPN, but they're on like standard terrestrial ABC, ABC, right? Right, yeah. Like at least that way, like if everything is literally behind a paywall or like, cause, cause that's the thing with the MLS deal is that some of it's going to be like Friday night baseball, where it's free, even if you don't have Apple TV plus, which is $5 a month. And then there's gonna be the stuff that is behind that section. And then there's gonna be everything else. Like if you want all the games, which is an additional subscription on top of that. So if people don't have the ability to access sports by happenstance, or just by like being a standard media consumer, like, yeah that 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 is definitely a cost of exposure and just kind of like pervasiveness that the the league wouldn't want. So, yes, yeah, so no, that that makes sense.
1: The other kind of interesting thing with this deal too, which I'm interested to see the details of, um, is the there is still the right for Major League Soccer to sell national TV packages to traditional TV broadcasters. So, like, they can sell ESPN a package of games. And I think they, they they probably will sell out some, some packages to traditional broadcasters. I'm going to be curious, in those situations, how the production works. Like, is, is there going to be both an Apple production and whatever TV provider's production? Or is there just going to be one that's shown on both Apple's platform and on TV? I'm interested to see what all that looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel. I feel like it would just be something like where, like, the league is going to produce it for Apple, and then if there's some media rights thing where some, like, a local broadcaster gets it, they're just going to, like, put their logo on top of the Apple one, like, because I think that's what, like, always happened when, like, in L.A. when you'd have like an Angels or a Dodgers game that showed up on Channel Nine or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very, um very interesting stuff. I mean, I, I take this as a another sign that the the NFL stuff's going to be happening like i think i think that's the, the next thing here like i mean my based on nothing guess well i mean based on based on the reporting you alluded to that there are, i guess there are some uh, industry watchers who think that the NFL deal's actually already been done but Apple's just kind of waiting for the right time to announce it my my guess would be that if that's true that that'll be something they talk about at the iPhone event because the timing's kind of perfect, too. Like, I mean, the iPhone event has, you know, it, you know it's, it's Apple's, you know, biggest event of the year from a media perspective. And the timing will be good because that'll be September. So, you know, this season's, well, th- this season of football will have just started, which is going to be the last season with DirecTV owning NFL Sunday ticket. And so, you know, football will be kind of in in full swing and Apple will be able to say, you know, and starting next season... NFL Sunday Ticket will be exclusively on Apple TV. I could, I could totally see the pitch around that come September.
0: Yeah, but that, but just with that being 15 months away from the first game, they'd be able to debut that. that no, it'd seemed... be it'd
1: be about 11 months because the season does it start in December. The football starts in like late August, early September.
0: Oh no! Oh man! Okay.
1: Right. Yeah. That's so. Bad news. So yeah, I think I think that's probably coming. Um I mean what'll also be fascinating with all of this stuff is pricing cuz I mean we still don't know, right? Cuz this Friday night baseball stuff is still totally free. Um so be really interesting to see what they do with the MLS stuff and then if they do if they do get the NFL Sunday ticket package like what that's going to look like. Um like are do they do they totally just go like loss leader on that stuff and price aggressively or do they pull an Apple and make it premium? Like it's be interesting to see. Because that actually actually, you know, that is something like, I mean, I I know I made the snarky comment about Apple pricing, but their their services, you know, iCloud storage aside, is actually like pretty reasonable.
0: So eh, Well, you know they don't want to continue to only charge five dollars a month for Apple TV Plus. So once the library is there, like they they want, I, I'm they they think it's worth up to fifteen dollars at some point. The storage tiers on iCloud are fine. Eh, I I I take your point, but I think they're pricing it a little bit too cheaply. But that's not the goal. Like they're hoping to pull a Disney Plus thing where it seems like a good value, but then it is kind of they boil you as you go.
1: Yeah, but it's also never really a one to one comparison, right? Because I mean that is Disney's. Business, whereas for Apple, this is
2: part of their business, but also really just a way of selling more hardware. All right. Um, that's kind of that's kind of the big stuff, right? I'd I'd say we save the the the
1: PGA stuff maybe for for next week because that's that yeah, a longer a longer topic.
0: And also, I don't entirely understand it, so hopefully, a week will help solve that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, big, big, big sports week. But, uh, stuff's getting weird.
1: Big sports week, big uh, week for you.
0: Hmm. All right, what do we have for chef specials? Uh,
1: okay, I've got a, I've got one for you that I, I, I don't think you're going to particularly care for. Um, hmm. So, as you know, I am all about tracking. Health data that I then end up don't really doing like much with. It's like you know, a good example of that's how I you know wear my Apple Watch to bed and then don't really do anything with the the sleep data. Well, I recently bought
0: this yeah, thing, on Halo,
1: um, <laughs> which is the Hydrate Spark Pro Smart Water this? Bottle.
0: <laughs> Does it come in a thing that doesn't look ridiculous on the bottom?
1: Well, so the the. <laughs> The nice thing is the the sensor on the bottom which has a very large array of LED lights that can be completely disabled which of course is like like one of the very first things I did. Um this so I, like
0: this this speaks to your P, uh, gamer PC aesthetic.
1: <laughs> if if I left the LED lights on it definitely would, that's right. Um so I've actually been tracking like water um Consumption for like years, for and for no reason. Like I don't do anything with the information. It's just almost out of habit at this point. Um, but the way I record it is through like my one and only use of uh, shortcuts, <laughs> where I, I I've created like the world's simplest shortcut. Or in fact, I think actually maybe there's like a pre-configured one in the shortcuts app that it had when that when that first came out. But basically, a shortcut to just quickly record, uh, water to, to the health app. So I've been doing that for a long, long time, but you know, i frequently forget to record, you know, water after I drink a glass of it or whatever. And so I came across this thing. Um, I think it was like a nine to five Mac review and it was really, really well reviewed. And it was, there were, they were doing some sale, like over Memorial day weekend. Um, it's pretty cool, um, and it's it's shockingly, like, accurate and reliable, because that was the thing I was skeptical of, is it's, it's, it's Bluetooth. It's like any time you're dealing with Bluetooth, you know, you never really know quite what you're going to get, but um, paired super simply, has been kind of rock solid ever since setting it up, has a really nice app, although i it, I just have it connected with home kit because that's where i want my water intake to ultimately be recorded but you know the fact that it has you know health kit support like that's perfect um so yeah not not you know not a definitely not a must-have definitely a nice to have but
2: it's it's neat
0: this is interesting um is this because uh, I can never tell on Amazon if something's like a real brand versus just kind of like a a drop shipper? Is Hydrate Spark like a, a known brand or is this kind of like an Amazon only brand?
1: Uh, they they seem like they seem pretty like legit. I mean, every everything about it's very very nicely designed. I mean, the packaging's really nice. The the bottle itself is really nice comes in a bunch of like has a bunch of different lid types um and like i said that the um the app is nice and it it has health kit you know integration which you know if that's anything like home kit like i assume has to go through some kind of vetting process right so um yeah it seems pretty like seems pretty nice to me
0: well, on the Amazon page, uh, you can uh, split it up over three payments,
2: no interest. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, so, I'm trying to get a grasp of it. So, is the part that tracks the amount of water you drink is that detachable? Like, is that attached to the LED thing, and then when you want to clean it, you remove it?
1: Yeah. So the the way so the, the setup is that the the LED thing on the bottom, like on the inside of that is the actual like tracker and you just, you twist that off the bottom and then you've, you've got to charge it, you know, every like couple of weeks or so. Um, How so you charge, uh, via this like crazy proprietary, like <laughs> magnetic charger thingy, um, that plugs into USB-A on the other side. Uh, um, got it. But you know because you don't have to charge it very often that's that's kind of no big deal. Um, and then the way that it works is I, th- I think it's it's pretty simple. I think it's just it's just weight. so what what it does is you there's a calibration process that you that you go through initially, and then they recommend that you do it after every time that you charge it, like after every time you take the sensor out, basically, where you put it flat on a table with no water in the bottle and then it does like a 10 second measurement thing like basically zeros out the scale and then you fill it with water put it back down on a table wait 10 seconds and then it's calibrated so um and it seems you know it seems to be seems to be really really accurate so yeah and it comes in a bunch of different sizes which is which is nice too like i i got the kind of one of the smaller ones just like the 17 um ounce one but they come in a, a handful of different sizes and i think colors too
0: neat and yeah. what's your total amount of water you're hoping to drink is it eight glasses or how many how much are you supposed to drink per day
1: yeah I, I i had when i originally started tracking this the um the number was like yeah like eight glasses a day which is like 64 ounces of water or something like that It, it actually has <laughs> a it, what's that
2: is like <laughs> uh, it's okay it's getting late <laughs> good good, good um, numbers. right um
1: the the app that it comes with actually um can gives you a dynamic goal every day so based on your your weight and your stated level of activity and like the um Temperature outside given that day, it'll dynamically Hmm. give you a goal each day, which is like a ridiculously large amount of water. Like, let me see, see what the goal is for today. It's always quite a bit higher than, yeah, like the goal today is 80 ounces. Yikes. Although I've, I've drinking, uh, 91. So, um, I've actually exceeded even their high goal today. That's been, a lot of water. It's been it's been, it's been very hot here, Carl. <laughs> okay. um, uh, so,
0: any coffee today?
1: A little bit of coffee today. Part of that is skewed too because of a um, a, a workout with uh, with Ben. So that that always that sounded weird. <laughs> oh, Mister Mister Aldus
0: uh-huh okay that's neat it's yeah i remember people like there was a minute where everybody was all about like those lark water bottles i think that one has more of a like water pur- purification angle and not like a water tracking thing
1: yeah i've, I've yeah. seen a handful of other devices like this but they've always seemed like not very good um and i also don't recall ever seeing one that that had home kit integration which is like kind of a, a, a key piece for or not home kit health uh. um, <laughs> um so this you know this had this had that and was well
0: reviewed so nice yeah all right i have one well it's, it's actually a three-part thing but um yeah before i moved i got myself because i had to disassemble a bunch of things and I'd always been somebody Ooh. who. Do you have thoughts on this? I, I'd been mean to ask if you actually have like proper tools, like as an adult and homeowner now.
1: So, so yeah. The, the short answer is no, but the slightly longer answer is that that's that's creeping its way up towards the top of the list. Is is finally retiring that like thirty dollar Home Depot yeah, you, okay. st- starter kit so, thing, so, and then I I have an electric drill too, but it's it's. Yeah,
0: so so this flows. Okay, so this is the thing where my uh, uh, tool toolbox or like uh, home repair stuff is 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 very small, and I had gone. I like I have some like precision tools, and most of them are like tech focused for like repairs and things. But I had bought that same shitty thirty dollar Home Depot toolbox where every every tool is just the crappiest version of what like it's a tool that basically like a caveman would think this is this is barely a tool um and then i'd also bought i forget why i needed it but like i bought like the the worst power drill you could buy at home depot and it was like 60 dollars, and it's a piece of shit like the the battery like runs down if you just look at it wrong like it's it's not lithium ion it's it's terrible so i'd finally i was like okay i i'm going to have to disassemble a bunch of things and i like what does it cost to get like an actual like nice drill and not that much so i I went for the wire cutter upgrade pick and that happened to be the dewalt 20 volt max of course it's called max the dcd 791 d2 whatever and it's great it's very, 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 very high-powered. It's got this nice little LED light on it to sh- illuminate what you're drilling or screwing in. It, it came with two lithium-ion batteries. It's well-built. Like, well, it's it's pretty great. Like, it was less than I thought it would be for something that didn't suck. Like, it felt like it was one of those things where, like, sure, you can buy something super cheap for 60 bucks. You can get something that's a little bit better for like 150, but if you want like the actual good thing, it's gonna be like 600. dollars It wasn't, so yeah, this this thing this thing's great.
1: I I actually do have their runner up pick, so I, I have this this blue Bosch 12 volt one that they that they also recommend. Um, and it's I, I mean I've had it, I think I it was like one of my first purchases when we moved into the house, you know, four years ago, and it's 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 fine. Not great, but it's fine.
0: Yeah this this one I would say is great. Like it's it's got a lot of those like quality of life things, or just like where like it feels like a product that is well thought out, and also it stands up on its own. I hate tools that you have to like lay flat. No, it's
2: pretty
1: good. Um, so that uh, uh, we don't normally do this, Carlos, but um, I'll I'll give you like a, a recommendation for your recommendation um sure. so, so have you have you gotten yourself a good drill bit set yet you, for this thing
0: you, you betcha i did because i have two of them so i got myself i'll send it this, this will be a tripartite because um,
1: that's that's, that's really the that's the key with with a with a drill is is you want to have well, a good, good set of bits
0: <laughs> um so yes yeah, so i bought two of them so i have the all caps, DeWalt screwdriver bit set with tough case, 45 piece. And then I have uh, one that's a nice, um, it's called a driver set. What's the thing where you're like pre-drilling a hole?
1: You're drilling a, like a pilot hole.
0: Sure. Pilot point, yes. So no, I bought those two things. So that whole kit was like for everything was like $240. Yeah, nice.
1: Yeah, I have, um, I'll, like I can send you the... I've got like this. Um, I don't know how you pronounce this. Ro- ro- roby.
0: That's the old. That's the old bad brand I had. But and this is not like a knock on the drill bit set. It's it is this like it's every brand has a thing where they just they want something at a price point. Like it it, it was like the the eight ninety nine MacBook Air of like drills. Like it, it's it's kind of crappy, but um yeah that that's what I had before. But are, are are drill bits standard? Like, does this stuff work with your Bosch thing?
1: I think so. Question mark.
0: Yeah, we're, we're not gonna. If when the apocalypse comes, we're not gonna know how to. <laughs> we're we're no Ron Swanson's.
1: No, certainly not.